Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 270 of the podcast. And hey, Bunny, are you and Tony going to the discotheque tomorrow? Why, yes, we are. Great, I'll see you there then. Bye. Anyway, we've got a pretty exciting show. We need to discuss Disney World, the WWE, the Titanic, alcohol. I drink your blood and I eat your skin. Okay. We need to talk about Mondo Kane. Mm hmm. Very, uh, very excited about this. Uh, gonna be a good episode. Uh, uh, so I should have had these preloaded. That would have made things easier. Okay. Buddy! Yes! Season two of the Netflix original series, The Umbrella Academy, dropped recently and i for one am intensely upset about it okay i am really glad you brought this up but why are you intensely upset about it i am upset i am pissed i am pissed right the fuck off and i'll tell you why i'm upset okay okay there's hardly any umbrellas there are very few fucking umbrellas in the whole thing. And I hear Umbrella Academy, and you go, okay, Umbrella Academy. It's about an academy of people, and they have powers, and they use umbrellas to fight crime. And with these umbrellas, they fight bad guys. Hardly any umbrellas in it, let alone no. Umbrella Play. And I'm very upset. This is why Stranger Things is so much better than Umbrella Academy, because you watch stranger things and in the beginning you're like huh things are happening that are strange yes and then what happens after that they get stranger yes there there were there were more fucking umbrellas in kingsman than in umbrella academy yeah very upset at the lack of umbrellas in Umbrella Academy. That's why Stranger Things is better, because things are strange. And then they get stranger, so it all makes sense right there. Plus, I just like season three, because it really nails how malls used to be. <laughs> yes, it does. Season three of Stranger Things. But why Why did you want to discuss the Umbrella Academy, buddy? Because i actually been meaning to bring it up for a little bit, because... Uh... I got caught up in the the release of season two hype. So I was like, you know, I should really fucking check this show out finally. So I I watched season one and Jesus Christ, what a disappointment. Like I, I was I was really excited in the beginning. Cause it was like, okay, this is really different. Doctor X is a right a grade A bastard. And all the yeah. kids are completely dysfunctional because of it. And I thought that was fucking awesome. But it just went nowhere and in several places just contradicted the shit out of itself. 
Yeah, my wife loves it. My uh, uh, Bella, she is. It, it's like her comfort show. And if you know, if she has the TV, she'll just put it on and she'll just watch it. And so, because of that, I've ended up watching season one and season two like like two or three times because yeah. she'll just watch it over and over again. It's like her comfort binge. And it's not too dirty that she can have it on, and the kids will watch it and and. I think a large portion of their love of uh, both of their love of the show just has to do with the beautiful uh, Klaus. Klaus, right? Klaus, yeah. But I, I, I find it to be all right. It's, it's a great. I, I feel that a lot of the Umbrella Academy, a lot of the things that I like about the Umbrella Academy is the same thing that you said when you were telling me about Stranger Things, that the Umbrella Academy just copies the right things. Yeah. And when when I was first watching season two with Bella, there was the scene where the, whatever his name is, the monkey guy, the monkey body guy from the moon, he was uh, fighting yeah. in in the 60s and he just wanted to feel pain and wanted the guy to knock him out and the guy knocked him out and you could see his body flying and I instantly thought of the movie Snatch and in the movie Snatch there's a boxing match and and the the big guy gets knocked out and they start playing the song Golden Brown which is a beautiful song so I started singing Golden Brown when the big guy got knocked out and sure enough like seconds later Stranger Things started playing the song Golden Brown and yeah. that was such a for me. It's like there you go. You just copied Snatch. I thought you they. Know? I thought they did a really good job in creating a highly dysfunctional family. Yeah. What's wrong with these people and and their interactions all make make a certain amount of sense. You know, he's the oldest brother. He's he's you know he's the favorite. You know, even if he is a monkey, and then you have Domingo, like, of course, so there's a sibling rivalry going on here. But, like, so much crap. Like, we spend, we spend half a season following Ellen Page, and she's so fucked up because she wasn't special, and there was nothing about her and how she was ignored in the family and all this. And get into the second half of the season and like, oh, you know what? None of that was really true. Yeah. In fact, she was very special and tons of of attention. Not good attention. But like she like like everything about the father and the and the other guy, the monkey guy, not the the other monkey guy. Yeah. Like their whole life surrounded with keeping her in a fucking box. Well, also, I think that that, that makes large... you pretty goddamn special. Yeah. I also think that a large portion of the, the like plot problems and the plot holes and all of that can can just be uh, centered down to the fact that this is a TV show based on a comic that was written by the lead singer of the emo band My Chemical Romance. Okay. This wasn't written uh -huh. by like a, a longtime comic book fan. This was written by Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. So there's a lot wrong with it. 
but I like the way that they do it. I haven't watched the second season yet. I watched like an episode or two. Because uh, I, 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 I totally didn't even know I was in the second season yet. Uh, <laughs> but but like like uh, it reminds me of the worst season of Heroes. You know, where it's like, where it's like, okay, you know, everything would be fine if you people stopped fucking with each other. Like, that's like, that's it. You know, there would be, there would be no story if you just left each other alone. Yeah. Okay. Before we move on, Eleanor wants to say hi. She's been bugging this whole bit. Hi, Eleanor. Okay, you feel better now? Okay. You go. You go. No, no. Gargamel from the Smurfs? I don't know. That's it. Gargamel's from the Smurfs. There's no other Gargamel. Gargamel. Yes, in the Smurfs. Why did they have to have Gargamel? All he was was trouble. Why couldn't those little cute little Smurfs just be playing and live their lives? Why did there have to be a Gargamel? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. That makes sense. This has been a, a discussion of the Umbrella Academy. I'm glad that my daughter Bella isn't awake right now to repeat the claims made in this podcast segment. You good? You good? Okay. Worried about you. Okay, let me move. Well, no, I was just, no, no, I was very disappointed, and I think Bella's going down a a wrong road and is going to ruin her life because she watches the Umbrella Academy. You know, I was, I was really, like, the first three, four episodes, like, I was so turned on to this show, and I thought this was fucking awesome that they were turning, like, common kind of comic book tropes just upside down, you know? And and then it just I it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I I like it because it's it, 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 I don't have to think too much about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can just put it on, leave it on, and there's, there's plot holes and all of that. So I don't have to pay much attention to it. You know, it's just something nice I can put on and just go about my day writing the podcast or whatever. I wrote a lot of this podcast to episodes of the Umbrella Academy. Uh-huh. Okay. Funny! Yes! It's important to keep up to date with the news, but it can be difficult to process all of the news when our nation's most corrupt president is spending all of his free time turning the U.S. into a third world country. What? Yes. That is why we are here to hit you with the news you may have missed in a segment we like to call the Pope on Film News Smatterings. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> okay. First off, big news for people who are not me. Walmart is turning a number of their stores into drive-in movie theaters in September. Okay. And they release the locations of the Walmart stores that will be turned into drive-ins and god damn it I'm pissed the fuck off are, are they still going to be Walmarts I mean is is it like they're going to be 
they're going to be Walmarts and the store will be open, but portions of the, a good portion of the parking lot during select evenings will be turned into drive-ins. So it's it's kind of like children's clothes, fresh produce, drive-in theater. Oh, no. No, uh, the outside parking lot, areas of the parking lot will be turned into drive-in theaters. Okay. So I'm assuming that's why um, they're not doing it to every theater, every Walmart. Certain Walmarts are going to be turned into their their parking lots will be turned into drive-ins. And they release the locations. And I'm pissed off because Oklahoma City is a huge fucking place. And you know how many Walmarts they have? 50 bajillion. Yeah. And then in Oklahoma is a huge college town. It's home to the University of Oklahoma. And Tulsa is a big, cool town with a huge music scene. Walmart has chosen three small towns in Oklahoma that are nowhere near me. And I'm super pissed I, about that. I, I, I think I think you're lucky. I, I understand your pain. It's a drive-in theater. I, I, I understand your feelings about such things. But Okay. It's still a Walmart. Okay. Look at how people dress in the Walmart without a drive-in theater. A drive-in theater where it used to be normal to go in your pajamas. What are the people of Walmart? It did used to be normal. Yeah. Are are, are they going to wear clothes at the drive-in at all? I'm upset because the closest Walmart that's into a drive-in and it's free. It's free. Yeah. So the closest Walmart to me that's being turned into a drive-in is an hour away. And I thought, okay, okay. Maybe I'll go to a Walmart drive-in that's an hour away. And they released a list of like 20 different movies that they're showing. And it's like, Oh, they're going to show Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, they're going to show, uh, Back to the Future. Oh, they're going to show Ghostbusters. And it's like, hey, some of these movies, I, I might make the trip, you know, to yeah. go see, you know, the first Avengers or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So so they so the closest location is 56 minutes away and they're showing two movies, the okay. original Karate Kid and Space Jam. Oh, like, oh, you motherfucker. I'm not going an hour away to a Walmart parking lot to see Ralph Macchio or Michael Jordan pretend to act. Okay, okay. And now we're still talking Walmart here. So Walmart. So do you do, stop and think for a second. There were CEOs in corporate board meetings and actuarial tables and focus groups and all of that to come down to and say, yes, we got it. We got the two movies for our drive-in opening. Karate Kid and Space Jam. (laughs) They're also... Also showing Spy Kids, The Wizard of Oz, E.T., Wonder Woman, Black Panther. But it's like, I'm not going an hour to see freaking Space Jam. Yeah. I'm just saying a a, a lot of money and a lot of effort was spent to fuck up that badly. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's kind of a success in its own way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, in in Colorado, it's only at Tim Timnath Pueblo West and Grand Junction. Those are the only places in Colorado. Yeah. That drive-in theaters. It's like, damn it. Like, yeah, so it, in Oklahoma, it's only at Stillwater, Lawton, and Yukon. And those are the smallest-ass theaters. And I, I'm just pissed off. I'm just pissed off. I'm not going an hour to see fucking Space Jam. Nope. Uh, nope. Okay. So here's some, here's some good news for you, Bunny. Disney World is cutting its hours of operations. Why? Because not as many people are going to open theme parks in this pandemic than Disney thought they would. Okay. That is good news. I really thought that the place would be... I really thought that when Disney World said that they were opening, that it's like, oh shit, it's going to be packed with dummies. Yeah. But no, uh, Disney has uh, seen less people at Disney World than anticipated. So Magic Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios will close an hour earlier, while Animal Kingdom and Epcot will close two hours earlier. That is really great. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, <clears throat> um, one positive for Florida. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, it's also worth noting that Disney World has a new reservation system. They're capping the amount of people that are allowed into a park. So now in order to get into the park, you need to secure a reservation, which are available via their online reservation system. And I've been on their online reservation system and I've played around with it. And as far as I can tell, not as many people want to go to Disney World now than pre-pandemic and that's a positive thing yes is, yes it is i went from from like now all the way to february 2021 and there was only one day that was full yeah and that was like three weeks from now every other day is free christmas day is free valentine's day is free new year's is free halloween is free and that's shocking yeah that is shocking so that's that's good. Uh, here's some now, but now, but now, if we could just turn Disney World into a FEMA death camp, because the ones who are going have got to be the stupidest of us. Absolutely, absolutely. In, in the way that I, I still, I, I, I still feel that that you go to Disney World right now, and it's about sixty percent YouTubers. Yeah. Hi guys, Danny702 here, back at Epcot. And then like, <laughs> oh, I just bumped into three more YouTubers. And just everyone talking to their phones uh, and their camp throughout the entirety of the park. And Koreans. Yeah. So here's some professional wrestling news for you, Bunny. Uh, allegedly, there has been a second massive coronavirus outbreak within the WWE. Okay. So <coughs> that's fun. It's difficult to tell because Vince McMahon is still 
deeply pretending that the coronavirus doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. So, so the coronavirus outbreak plus the WWE's ratings are is still in the shitter. The ratings are just absolutely horrible. So Vince has been panicking lately and he's been known to like rip up the script for Raw and SmackDown like at, like just a few short hours before they go live and rewriting it all himself and just yeah. absolutely losing it. Apparently it's it's really chaotic backstage at the WWE. So Vince McMahon has a new idea now to improve the ratings and to get people to watch the WWE again. All WWE television programming has been rated PG since 2008. Okay. So from 2008 to now, it has been rated PG. Well, starting this past Friday, SmackDown went to PG-14. Okay. And allegedly, Vince McMahon's idea to get the ratings back on track and to get people watching it is to go back to the Attitude Era type of wrestling. Okay. You remember back in 98, 99, 2000 when it was commonplace to see a professional wrestler on WWE get a blowjob and do blackface and women? lingerie wrestling yeah vince mcmahon wants to go back to that okay hooray there's also a new faction that has appeared called retribution which makes me very uncomfortable because the person in charge of the wwe is a right-wing bajillionaire trump supporter so he has this new faction called retribution and you don't know who the faction is because they all wear all black outfits and oh. black face masks. They go up at WWE and one, they're they're destroying backstage. That's WWE property they're destroying. And oh, look at this. They're throwing a Molotov cocktail at the generator. Oh no, the power is out. Oh man, it's retribution again, causing havoc. And it's obvious that this faction is just... Uh, uh, a right winger's attempt at bringing uh, deadly Antifa into professional wrestling, and it pisses me the fuck off. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Yeah, this is Vince McMahon turning Black Lives Matter into an evil wrestling faction, and it pisses me off. But uh, I'm, not, hey, I'm not watching it. So, <laughs> so, so that's that, buddy. Yes. William Shatner is, many people say, many people would say a legend. Uh, And as such, maybe William Shatner should stay the fuck off Twitter. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because his, his angry, mouthy, defensive Twitter account makes him seem more like a jerk and less like a legend. So apparently on August 3rd, and then numerous days afterwards, William Shatner said on his Twitter account that the term straight white cis male is an offensive slur that, quote, harasses and debases him. Dude. 
just shut your damn mouth, Kirk. You're, what you, what's your problem with it? That's what that's what got me. I, I saw that article. And it's a like, slur. It's an offensive no. slur. It's like, like he really needs to turn off his Twitter, and it's if he just, doesn't, he's going to rally himself. It's it's like the. Uh, I don't know what to what, what to say. Like like. Yeah. It, 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 it's the proper words yeah that describe what we are yeah you know like just, like like yeah. you know you don't have a cock you don't have a dick you have a penis penis is the correct word for that thing it is not slang it's not anything else yeah it's crazy. It's crazy. He's gonna roweling himself is what he's gonna do. Yeah. He's gonna end up JKing himself and he's gonna get canceled. So enjoy Star Trek while you can. But I mean, and- come on, man. Shat- Shatner Shatner's been out of his mind since fucking tech wars. Tech wars. <laughs> I mean, come on. I loved that crazy manic uh Captain Kirk, where, uh, oh, you're killing off my character? Well, here's a 12-book series that says you're wrong. Kirk <laughs> lived in the all-new William Shatner book. Kirk survived. It's a 14-part series. Mm-hmm. I loved that, Captain Kirk. I love that, William Shatner. I, you and, know, you give, me, you give me Captain Kirk, you give me William Shatner in the original show... Anything outside of that is where I step off the fucking William Shatner bus. Yeah. I mean, even the movies, like, like the C- Captain Kirk from the movies is not the Captain Kirk from the TV show. Captain Kirk from the TV show was not nearly that big of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Captain yeah. Kirk of the movies is a huge dick. Oh, yeah. You know? He's a Big ass douchebag. I, I I let the I think they started letting him shatner it up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause really that Captain Kirk and William Shatner are, are pretty indistinguishable. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. But William Shatner's a douchebag. And finally, Bunny. I have it on good scientific solid authority that the entirety of the Midwest, myself included, is about to become a post-apocalyptic zombie-type situation. Okay? Okay. Very serious. We're talking buildings turned into rubble, trash bins on fire, roving packs of gangs, hopefully with matching outfits, the whole shebang. Okay? Okay. Now, you might be Asking yourself what would cause this to happen? It's simple. It's simple. Bunny. This week, because of the coronavirus, they have announced a possible Dr. Pepper shortage. I have heard of that. Bunny. That is the Midwest's water. <laughs> 
That's insane. You might as well just go to Colorado and be like, hey, there's a weed shortage. Yeah. You know, people are going to go nuts. Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. People are going to be like, like with a shotgun protecting their six pack of Dr. Pepper. It's going to be mad. It's going to be a madhouse, I tells ya. Yes. <laughs> I tells ya. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Natasha is prepared for the oncoming Dr. Pepperocalypse. No, I've been trying to prepare. No, I have been denied access to machetes. I want that to be known. And now suddenly Steve's like, we need to prepare. And I was like, I've been trying. You keep telling me, no, I can't have a machete in the house because it's irresponsible with young children or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. How dare I not let my wife have a machete? I mean, you hand the infant a machete and start teaching them at a young age, then they're going to know how to handle it properly. Yeah, by the time Eleanor is in second grade, she'll be able to like... But the, the thing is, like, the same logic Republicans have with their toddlers and that whole ass shotgun company yeah. that sold guns specifically for toddlers and, you know, toddlers end up killing people because guns are not safe. At least you see it come in with a knife and have time to move. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yes, I saw it coming in Pet Cemetery too, but I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for the Pope on Film news smatterings this time around. We will be back with more news whenever there is news. And cut on that. Uh, mouse has been fucking up. Uh, come on, Mouse. Where are you? Okay, there you go. Hold on a second. Here's another one. I'm just going to click this one. There you go. Okay. Bunny! I'm sorry, I'm just impressed by the backgrounds. Yes! Okay. Uh, we still have a full-size show to get to. We need to talk about uh, the Titanic. We need to talk about getting drunk. We need to talk about um, Juno, the movie Juno. This is going to be a very Hate-centric oh, episode. Okay. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Do, 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 and break. And break. What's up, little riders? Jump in the public pool tomorrow. Tell your friends. That's just a sample. Good luck. Don't worry, Denise. I've done this before. So, what are you supposed to be? A stuntman? Wow. My safe word will be whiskey. Do you mean whiskey? 
What? I just don't get why you're saying it that way. Why I'm saying what, what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it. Whoa, whiskey! Whiskey! Oh! Hey, everybody. We have a new crew member today, Denise. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said a little something about ourselves. I like to party. I like to party. No, David, I just said that I party. I like to party. No. I like to party. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. <laughs> Sweet. Oh my God, shut up. Hey, Rod, maybe you shouldn't fight Dad this week. Relax, Kev. I'm gonna win this time. I did like 40 crunches yesterday. Get ready to meet your maker. Oh, God! We hadn't even started yet! I just had a great idea. One big jump, gentlemen. The biggest jump this town's ever seen. Let's party. If I'm gonna jump 15 buses, my body's gonna have to be in top physical form. Do we reinforce the takeoff ramp? No, we didn't have time. Cool. Oh! I've already drafted a rough schedule of exercises that will help us take things to the next level. Oh! You're a terrible stuntman. What? You're a terrible stuntman! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can hear you. It was just really mean. From Paramount Pictures. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a jump for the ages. The moment we've all been waiting for. He's going in circles! Andy Samberg. Who wants to see me do a big stuff? Hot Rod. All great men have mustaches. Yeah, but real men actually grow them, huh? You know I have a hormone disorder! Ooh. And we're back with more of the Popon film. Bunny! Yes. Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for America's most favorite podcast segment, Bunny Versus, starring the incomparable Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you jazzed? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you ready and raring to go? Are you ready to do it? To do it? To it? I don't know. I'm scared. Well, we're going to go ahead anyway. Without any further ado, it is time once again for Bunny Versus, and now here is your host, Bunny Williams, take it away, Bunny! Instead of saying something kind of clever and topical or whatever like I usually do, what I would like everybody to do is I would like you to just go to Google and search on anything at all, Okay. It's it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure opening here. And just point at any link. And God damn it, I'm pissed off about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I had an idea for a, a game, and I kind of tested it out. It didn't work as well as I thought it should just because okay. of how Google works. Okay? Okay. But the game is Pick Any Day from 2015 to now. Any fucking day. Look it up on Google. Find out exactly what stupid shit Trump said and what stupid shit Trump did. Yeah. 
I found an article. Uh, it was from some weird McSweeney's or something like that. Some, some, uh, yeah. And it was, they just kept a list of everything that Trump has done ever, you know? Yeah, I've got that bookmarked on my computer. I, I read it for an hour going through it, just being like, oh, yeah, 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 you know. And, like, the little cursor on the side, the little scroll thing on the side was, like, barely coming down. Yeah. And until I, I, like, finally quit reading it, and I was only in February of 2017. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. So how have you been? Uh, I've been better. Uh, uh, I, I've had a rough week. It's been difficult. I've decided that my thing for Bunny Versus is if we're going to do this in Zoom, I'm just going to randomly change backgrounds. I love it, man. I really love the work you're doing with the backgrounds. And I'm wondering if maybe you would just put the bit name, whatever bit we're doing, like over the uh, top or something like that. I don't know. Uh, all of the backgrounds that I've been choosing have all been like, like, last second right before we do the podcast like yeah. oh crap and i just gather whatever i can yeah so there hasn't been that much of a like like i'm i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> with zoom i've been i've been really depressed this week and i've had a hard time getting things done but one thing that i'm really proud of is that apparently when i'm really depressed like seriously depressed I create the best shit on YouTube. <laughs> okay. And it's, I'm so proud of myself of like, I am so depressed. I cannot move. I can barely do anything, but I'm going to force myself to do a video. And then whatever I do really fucking good. Yeah. Really good. good. So I've been doing some great stuff this week. And then the best part is, is that I do a really good video and then that makes me feel better. So, so there's that. I I am not a regular viewer, but I check them out from time to time. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's, that's coming in. Yeah. Jesus, I can hear that. Uh, I I, I watched she eat the veggie burger. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. that was that was entirely my wife's idea. She saw veggie burgers at the store and bought them solely so that I could do a YouTube video about it. So yeah, I'm like oh thanks. So that was cool. Yeah, I had I, I had one of the Impossible Burgers from Burger King, and I was like really just not impressed. Yeah, I wasn't impressed at first, but the more I ate it, the more it's like oh wait a second, no, this this is all right. You know, like, but it's like not a burger. Ass. Yeah, no, it's not a burger. Yeah. But it's a nice, it's a it, it's a decent burger facsimile. 
if if like, I was if I was at somebody's house and they were serving us dinner, and that was it, I wouldn't be a little bitch about it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, they're, right. you know, but it's not burgers. Yeah. It's Neil Breen. Yeah. Yeah. That is the background for those of you who are listening to this yes. as a podcast. And we are putting out more video. If you want to see the video, get the fuck over to Facebook already. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've only been doing this like fucking five, six years. Since October of 2014. <laughs> Where are all you people? <laughs> yeah. October 2014 is when we started doing this. So pretty, yeah. impressive. pretty darn impressive. So how are you, buddy? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, having a hard time getting to the bank, which pisses me off. Uh, why is that? Um, because I have some money on some cards. Like I did okay. my taxes through TurboTax, and yeah. it 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 always kind of comes to uh, some kind of a problem with how to get the refund off of them. And this time, I wound up settling for putting it on a card, which they did, yeah. and they sent it to me. And then I had gotten a gift card for work. And I want to dump that off into our bank account so because that's a big chunk of the money for the next computer. Yeah. You know? But, like, they close at 5. I don't get off till work till 5. And yeah. then this weekend we thought they, they were open till 1 on Saturday. And no, it was 12. So by the time we got there, they were fucking closed. Yeah. You know, so... That's an that's an irritant. Um, other than that, I've been jumping around a bit creatively, which uh, I, I had been putting a lot of work into Serious Win, and that's generally what happens when I do that. Then I need to get away for a little while, and I wind up doing a whole bunch of really random shit. You know. Yeah. So I'm working on the next screen for the Pope on film. Um, it's almost done, but it kind of quickly got repetitive and boring. I mean, it'll still be fun yeah. for a screen, you know, but just actually do. It just got dull, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to recreate Dabney. And I think I got kind of a good look going for him. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I always liked Dabney the fucking alien. That's about all that's really been going on. But let's talk about Dolly Parton a little bit. And something else I have been noticing. Uh, like it's it's like I mean I mean first off, God bless Dolly Parton. Okay, let's let's not get this wrong, but it still looks like to me it comes down to white woman supports Black Lives Matter, and this is going to be the 
big ass story for the next three fucking days. Yeah, it's it's funny that you bring that up because uh, this woman that was running for Congress, uh, Diana for her. Yeah, Diana Lorraine, she's running for Congress, I believe, in California. And she has a book coming out called Taking Back America. And she's oh, like this. God. And she tweeted against Dolly Parton and just got ratioed so bad that she deleted the tweet. But yeah. she said, so Dolly Parton supports Black Lives Matter. That brings a tear to my eye. I guess I'm boycotting Dolly Parton now. And I tweeted to her, oh, no, conservatives are boycotting Dolly Parton. Oh, no, they're going to destroy her. Just like, the, remember when they boycotted the NFL, Keurig, Nordstrom, Netflix, Pepsi, McDonald's, Ben & Jerry, AT&T, the Star Wars franchise, Hamilton, Oreos, the Disney Corporation, and Nike? And look at them now, all destroyed! <laughs> Due to the power uh -huh. of conservatives. Oh, remember when Nike was still around? But then Karen's all over the world stopped buying them and the company went out of business. Yeah. My, like, my, my anger is not at Dolly Parton, and that's that's what I want everybody to remember. But this is how the media behaves. So, uh, and I, I really wanted to mention it like a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago. It gets all muddled together. Yeah. When during one of the protests, the the cops pushed that old white guy. Yeah, remember that, and that was big news for for yeah. for a while. And I was like, you know, goddamn man. Okay, first I'm outraged at what they did and that he got hurt, but it's the old white guy who gets all the news coverage. Yes. Just like Dolly Parton. You know, it's yeah. not it's not either one of their faults. <laughs> you know, but yeah. this is this is the state of the media. You know, nothing's going to get attention unless it happens to a white person. Yes. Or a white yes. person fucking says it. Yeah. You know, how many protesters did we have shot in the face with rubber bullets? fracturing their skulls yeah. that didn't make the news like that. I was going to go on a rant on Bunny Versus about hashtag save our children, but I'm going to save that for next week. Yeah, okay. I'm going to save that for next week. Okay. You, are you expecting new developments? No, I'm just... I'm just... I am so passionate about this that this could be a whole segment on go its own. For, go for it. It's it's hard to sit on news these days. A, a good portion of my fucking Facebook page is just filled with people saying, oh, the pedophiles should be shot. Pedophiles should be killed. Hashtag save our children. We have to save the kids. Uh, pedophilia and child trafficking, that's the real crime here. Why, aren't, why isn't the media talking about this? We need to focus on this. And no one's saying, uh, 
um, let's not talk about pedophilia. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, hey, pedophile, hey, child sex trafficking is great. Like, no one is saying that. But what I'm saying is your passionate outrage about this, a lot of that is shrouded in QAnon bullshit. Yeah. You know, and, and and like and like and like even even Amber has been sharing so much of this, and it's just upsetting because what hap- what 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 is happening is is that hey, so did you hear about the underground tunnels where uh, George Soros and Hillary Clinton are literally harvesting babies so that they can be raped and eaten and drained for the adrenochrome, which helps liberals live longer? And, and Right go, from oh. Repo, the genetic fucking opera, they grabbed that. Yeah. Good then, fucking and, God. And then people go, okay, that's bullshit. But then this is what the QAnon people go. They say, okay, well, let's bring it down a little bit. Do you believe that babies should be trafficked? No, I don't. Do you believe uh, that uh, pedophiles should be allowed to roam the streets? No, I don't. Then why don't you join our cause? Hashtag save the children. And and what's fucked up is that I read this whole article about how is suddenly this has become the cool thing for like Instagram influencers to do. That like, oh, hey, I'm this cool person with a million followers on Instagram. And hey, I see this trend happening. Hey, hashtag save the children. We've got to save the children. And that makes it popular. And now all of these young people all over the place and all of the people who I see sharing this. Yeah, a lot of them are like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. And they're like, oh, uh, 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 child sex trafficking is the real is the real scandal right now. And it's like, yeah, the people who are telling you that, though, want to focus on child sex trafficking instead of coronavirus like like there's this big like you don't see what's really happening here and it's just it's pissing me off well the thing is pissing me off but the thing is is always is that they would they would start off with something that okay right sex trafficking child pedophilia all that that's that's really wrong uh you know but then then they go off into some wacky land instead of how about we concentrate on what we fucking know, which we had a a child sex trafficker in fucking jail and he killed himself with assistance, you know, and now we have his partner in jail. This is what, this is what we need to focus on. I mean, like, you know, let's scream about Broomhilda Maxwell or whatever her name is, yeah. you know, un- un- until something happens and she doesn't die. Yeah, but I feel that that um, QAnon people are using hashtag save the children in the same way that Scientologists go, would you like a free personality test? <laughs> it just takes 20 minutes of your time mm-hmm. absolutely free. Yeah. That it's basically just like the same goddamn thing, you know? Yeah. Well, yes, and 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 then if you give them okay, actual world happenings dealing with the situation you're saying is a problem over here. 
tons of bullshit that you can't prove over yeah. here. And yeah. they go for the bullshit that can't be proved. Yeah. Bill Clinton was on the fucking plane. We know that. Okay. Yeah. That shit needs to be investigated. Yeah. I'm not sure where the hell they came up with Tom fucking Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't even know how liberal he is, you know? Yeah. It's weird. Like, I understand you guys going for, what's her name, uh, Chrissy Teigen, because she is constantly on social media uh, championing, uh, you know, liberal causes and stuff like that. I don't know where the fuck you got Tom Hanks. I don't know where the fuck you got Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. No clue. But it just upsets me. It upsets me. Yes upset with current events right now. Yes. I've got a great shop. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited. I told the entire family about it. It, I had Natasha laughing, Bella laughing. So good. Does it make up for this week's movie? (laughs) Yes, it does. It's it, this week's movie was such a stroke of luck that like I was looking and looking and looking for teenage mother uh, for free because I didn't want to spend like 10 bucks on Amazon for it. I wanted I kept trying to find it for free. Yeah. Who? No. Why? Because she found him Oh, my God. OK. It only needs like two. But okay. this isn't something I can handle. With Jesus. Right now? This happened right now? Yeah, would you try? Like, oh my god! Yeah. Okay. What Some happened? Need stitches. Um, I mean, you can't go with me, so you might as well just keep going. I'll wait. Okay. Okay. Hi. Hi. Okay. Eleanor. Eleanor hit her head on the counter, and apparently she has a cut, and she'll probably need a stitch or two. Okay. That's exciting. And Yay. there was no screaming, or she she was crying. She was crying, but I I think it was right by the couch. So I think she hit her head and then buried her face in the couch. Oh, and she, it was like muffled cries. Okay. Well, hi Maxwell. How you doing? Right. You in like by my um room? You can hear her saying, hear her crying and saying. No, 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 I don't want to go to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, she's not a fan of the doctor. She is not I a like fan the of doctor, the doctor. Except for when I give, except for when I get shots. Yeah, yeah you and every child, really. Mm-hmm. You and every child. Uh, wow, so that's exciting. That was exciting. That, that, was, that was almost tornado level. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, so I was looking for this week's movie. I was looking for it, looking for it. Okay, I'm going to put a picture of the Joker as my background. Ta-da! The Joker! It's actually Maxwell U with makeup on her face. Um, So I was looking for the movie and looking for the movie, and then I happened to stumble upon it for free on YouTube, and so I immediately downloaded it, which is great because... A few days later, the entire channel was taken off of YouTube 
probably because it was showing unedited the unedited trailer of shocking asia <laughs> yeah like, on youtube like unedited there wasn't like an age restriction they were just it, it was just on there and it's like i i feel so bad because like damn that was a fun little package yes it was yes it was. i would have liked to have seen other stuff from their channel but it's completely wiped out of of youtube so that sucks but it was lucky that i found this when i did yeah yeah but i'm excited uh I'm excited. it 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 goes into a very unique category for me um one i'm never watching this fucking movie again yep yep but i'm really glad i watched it I might watch it again only because um, this happens to me so many times with movies of the 1950s and 1960s where it's like Ega is a piece of shit movie. Some of those songs are good. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that like Vicky is good, but I'm saying like when they're at the party, you know, you're at a you're watching some like 50s movie and they're at a party and they've got <laughs> band just playing some random song and it's like that's good music i'd, I'd listen to that <coughs> i might i might rip some songs off of this film yeah because like when they go to the disco tech like that's that's pretty good music you know yeah but yeah but no they, i don't i don't see myself watching this again no i might that little that little good evening clip at the end and use that for story time videos yeah i like i the owner of the drive-in shows up thank you for watching this evening's entertainment like i might take that for myself yeah i i gave genie the premise of the movie or well at least the title of the movie and that you said it was a, a grindhouse movie and then we tried to, we took shots at trying to figure out what the movie would be like. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you see the preview, and the preview was just, Teenage Mother, the shocking story that they don't want you to know. <laughs> Teenage Mother, here's a woman in underwear, and this is going to be sex. So much sex. And then you see the movie. Hi, Tommy. Hi, Billy. I love you. Me too. Let's go to class. And it's the boringest fucking shit. <laughs> Goddamn bait and switch is what this is. Yeah. It was just in your face. And then the movie is just fucking lame. Yeah. So lame. It was, it was, so we were kicking around these ideas and that brought to mind an old VD commercial I had seen as a kid. And this movie most closely matched the VD commercial. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry you hurt yourself. I'm sorry, baby. Yeah, it's 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 okay. It's okay. Keep that on there, okay? Oh, Eleanor. But that's okay. The doctor's going to make you feel better. She's afraid she's going to get a shot. I told her I don't know. Yeah, I see yeah. that. Like, I can't handle that with a band-aid. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Come on. 
Hey, hey, stay calm. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Let's go in the bathroom and ring up the rabbit. Okay. Okay. Exciting. 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 It's it's all right, honey. It, uh, thankfully, this <laughs> thankfully this happened during Bunny Versus. <laughs> the perfect time. Yes, it is. So yeah. I don't know. I so I I think we're straining at the leash to get yeah. to this week's movie. So yeah. so let's yeah. head on over to Shap. Okay. Okay. So until next week. Um, <laughs> beef is yummy. That's okay. that's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. And cut on that. And cut on that. Bunny! Yes! If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? Uh, one interesting thing about doing this podcast on Zoom is that now you can see just how many openings I have memorized. Yes. So that's fun. But only real fans of the podcast, true hardcore fans of this podcast, would know two things about the both of us. Two absolute and totally 100% really real facts about the both of us, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first fact, which is about you, Bunny, is that when you are not recording this podcast, and I don't think a lot of people know this about you because you're so humble, is that you actually write songs for legendary singer Celine Dion. Bunny, why don't you get a taste of some of your uh, some of the Celine Dion songs you've written? Well, one, unfortunately, uh, that Celine Dion wound up turning down on me um, and is recently in the news, and I am getting no credit for it whatsoever. Is wet yeah. ass pussy. Uh, yes. So Celine did not want to sing for some reason, probably because she's Canadian. She did not want to sing wet ass pussy. Um, so that's one that got turned down. Um, uh, she she uh, did like, but has never performed uh, where the buffalo stampede the children. Um, she did like that one very much, and God damn, could she sing it too? Bring a fucking tear to your eye, but uh, she's never she's never actually sung it in any performance or anything like that. I, I don't know why, but fuck it, I got paid. Um, and then and then there is uh, licking Satan's asshole. Uh, yeah. Celine Celine was really choked. It was a it was a birthday gift from me to her is what it was more or less uh so so she just said she'll just treasure it forever and this one she says she she just won't perform it because it's just such a person uh licking satan's asshole is just such a personal song for her yeah but she doesn't want to yeah yeah so 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 and of course there are a lot more i can go on and on but yeah I've heard I've heard a number of them. My favorite song that you ever wrote for Celine Dion is the catchy upbeat number. It's okay to leave your dog in a hot parked car. 
<laughs> that was my favorite one. I don't know why yes. she passed on that one, but that one was my favorite. Fun fact. Fun fact. Celine Dion was discovered by her manager when she was 12 years old. Yes. Uh, her manager was like, oh, you are a, an amazing singer and you're 12 years old and I'm in my late 30s. I'm going to wait until you're 18 to marry you. Okay. And so her husband, a longtime husband, which died, who died a number of years ago. Yeah. Met his future wife when she was 12 years old. And uh, uh, that's creepy AF. Yes, it is. And so I I always tried not to hate on Celine Dion because in my mind, she was a victim. But I don't think <laughs> yeah. anybody's ready for that conversation. So, so there's that. And the second thing, the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do here is I like to take a story from history and reword it via my own unique uh, razzmatazz. And so that's what this is. Steve's Historic Approximations! Dun, 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 dun. Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short, it's quirky, and it's fun, and it doesn't get the attention it deserves. It's the John Lovitz of podcast segments. <laughs> and so this week on the old SHAP and SHAP SHAP, we will be discussing the surprising similarity between the coronavirus outbreak of 2020 uh, and the sinking of the Titanic in 1912. At first glance, uh, there is seemingly very little, if anything, in common between the sinking of the Titanic and, and our present uh, situation, I except perhaps the fact that uh, President Trump is sinking democracy into the ocean, just like the Titanic sunk. But there's a story about the sinking of the Titanic. It 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 is a pretty a fairly well known Titanic story. I believe they did a drunk history about it. I'm not sure. And this story about the Titanic just absolutely radiates 2020. The pandemic, the lockdown, quarantine, all of it. And I love this freaking story. Okay. So much. Uh, uh, and this story, as popular as it is in certain circles, I'm honestly shocked that more people don't know about it. Anyway, here's the shaft. It's the story of Charles Jockin. Okay. It, the last name is spelled J-O-U-G-H-I-N, but apparently it was pronounced Jockin. So just to make it easier on me for the rest of this shap, I'm just going to call him Charles Jackin. Okay. Just to make it easy. Charles Jackin it. That's who we're talking about. He was born in August of 1878. I love Eleanor. I love you. You'll be fine, okay? I love you. 
I love you, honey. He was born in August of 1878 in some place in England I've never heard of. He was called to the sea at a very young age. He first sailed at age 11, and he docked it. Charles was also really good in the kitchen. He was a really good cook, a damn good cook. So eventually he started, he, he brought his two loves together and he started cooking for ships and cooking for cruises and making bank. He made sick bank from being head chef on an ocean liner. And in, uh, uh, he eventually uh, like settled down and married a woman, Louise, in 1879. And they had two kids. But the third kid died and the wife died along with him. Very sad. All the sad. So, um, Titanic. Okay. So, Charles Jackinet was hired as the head baker on the Titanic. He was the head baker. There he is right there, for those of you watching this video. He was the head baker on the Titanic. He had a whole crew of people working underneath him. This is a big deal, right? Yes. Yes, deal. In fact, as the chief baker on the Titanic, Charles made 15 British pounds a month in 1912, which, when adjusted, when adjusted for inflation, equals about 1,500 pounds today, which is round about $2,000. So not too yeah. shabby. He's no. making a decent amount of money a month uh, as the head chef of the Titanic. Okay. There's an orange cat outside? Yeah, we're like, oh my goodness, how many cats? It's walking across the street right now. I thought it was a cat. Eris and it were fighting. Yeah, it's in her. Oh, weird. I thought Eris and it were fighting. Yeah. We, we, are a, we are an animal sanctuary. We seem to have locked up. Oh, there we go. You sound okay. You were just coming back. Kind of weird. Okay. So, this baker, the there you are. Hey, buddy. Hey there. Okay. All right. Dude, what? Aaron's almost got hit by a car. Aaron's almost got hit by a car. Aaron's almost got hit by a car. Why are you so hittable? Okay. So, so we good? We just saw we're good. Garfield. You just saw Garfield outside? Okay. Outside. Gotcha. Okay, you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I, I'm really into this. Okay. So this baker, Charles Jackin, he is 2020. This story happened in 1912, but Jesus Christ, this guy is 2020. He is quarantine vibe. Okay. Big time. He is basically the patron saint of the coronavirus. Okay. Because he, uh, because it's late in the evening, April 14th, 1912. He's had a long day of baking and telling people what to do. He's tired. It's like nine o'clock and he's like, I've had a hearty dinner. I'm going to go to my cabin and go to sleep. So he 
goes to his cabin. It's 19, it's April 14th, 1912. He, he, he really likes alcohol. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to start drinking some whiskey. I'm gonna have myself a nightcap because it's not like anything's happening tonight. It's a regular night on the Titanic. I'm going to have a whiskey, maybe another whiskey, maybe a third whiskey. I am going to be heading to bed soon. Maybe another whiskey. Okay, this is the last whiskey. And then I'm going to bed. And then suddenly the ship hits an iceberg. And he is already a few whiskeys in. When the ship hits the iceberg. And, and here's the cool part is that apparently he's so drunk that that just calms him down. Yeah. In the face of a crisis. And I understand this because at a, when I was in a robbery at the bookstore that I was working at, I was having some teeth problems. And so I had some painkillers. And so... Right before closing, I said to myself, you know what? It's going to take about 45 minutes to close. And then after that, it's going to take about an hour to drive home. And so if I take a painkiller now, right before we close, it should kick in right about the time when I get home and I can take a nice nap. So I took a painkiller. And then an hour later, when there's a guy suddenly appearing in the back room with a gun threatening to kill all of us, I was calm as because the painkiller had kicked in at that point. <laughs> the three other women that were at the that were working with me that night were like freaking out, and I was just like, "Guys, it's okay. We're gonna get through this." And I was the calm voice of reason, and that was fifty percent because I was brave, and fifty percent the narcotics I was on. <laughs> wow. So I fully understand uh, Charles Jackin, and 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 he's just he's just totally mellow, you know. Yeah. He's just in his room, and he's like, "The ship is hitting iceberg," and he's like, "Well, shit." <laughs> One more whiskey. So he has another whiskey, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna help out." So they so shortly after hitting the iceberg, they ordered the ship eva- the ship's evacuation. And so Charles gets his crew together of uh, cooks that work under him, 13 different cooks. And Charles Jockin goes, okay, we have a job and God damn it. We are going to do it. I want each and every lifeboat to have bread because they are going to be out there in the ocean, in the elements. Who knows how long it's going to be until someone's going to save them. We need to make sure that every lifeboat has bread in it. Snap to it. Come on, let's go. And so, his team, bread in hand, rushes to the lifeboats, and because of Charles, every lifeboat had a shit ton of bread. Okay. Very forward thinking. Like, good for him. So then Charles follows his team to the lifeboats. So he's up there, and he's helping all of the other senior crew members uh, in assisting women and children to get into the lifeboats. Okay? Now, there's about three kick-ass moments in this story. Number one is he's already drinking heavily and then the ship hits the iceberg and he's like, okay, this is crazy. Maybe a few more whiskeys and then we'll go and then we'll handle. So he, so, so like, oh, we've hit an iceberg. What time is it? Whiskey (laughs) o'clock. 
that's uh, cool part number one. Here's cool part number two. He's helping women and children into the light bulbs. Okay, here you go, man. This way, man. Here you go. But a lot of people, when they started evacuating, a lot of people were like, you want me, this rich-ass white person, you want me to get into this small, rickety motherfucking lifeboat and go out into the ocean? No. I'm sure we'll be safer on the boat. Oh, God, yeah. A lot of people died because they felt that it was safer on the Titanic. I'd rather be on this big-ass ship than on a rickety-ass wooden boat in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to be safer on the boat. So, and Charles Jackin is a bit drunk at this point. Yeah. And he, he's just, we're, yes, okay, ma'am, to lifeboats, uh, yes, here you go, lifeboats, okay, right over, uh, hello, right over here. And women start saying, I'm not going to go. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to go on that lifeboat. I'm going to stay right here. And he's like, ma'am, 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 we, we need get on the lifeboat. No, I'm going to stay here. Ma'am, uh, we we need you on the lifeboat. No, there's nothing you can do. And and Charles Jackin just said, you know what? Fuck it. Yay! And he starts <laughs> throwing women and children onto the fucking lifeboats. <laughs> and there's a kid like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And he's like, kid, I've had enough of your shit. Picks him up. Yay! And he's throwing children <laughs> off of the Titanic. <laughs> and women are like, I'm not going on there. I'm not going on there. And he's like, no, you're going to get on the fucking lifeboat. Picks her up, throws her. He's throwing women and children. And that's awesome. And apparently, it, it's awesome. Drunk. And it's unique. I mean, I mean, like, yeah. here is a brilliant way to solidify yourself as a hero while possibly increasing your body count. Yeah, yeah. So he's so he's throwing women and children off of the off of the Titanic into the lifeboats and everything. He's just throwing women and children. He's literally chucking women and children onto the lifeboats. And and so near the end, they say to him, they say, "Okay, uh, Charles Jackin, you're going to be the captain of Lifeboat 10, so get on there. And he just goes, if I don't get on Lifeboat 10, that's one more woman or child that can be saved. No, I'm not getting on the Lifeboat. Someone else can take my spot. Yeah. So, uh, so he gave up his Lifeboat spot so that someone else can be saved on a Lifeboat. Yeah. And that's awesome. So, so he is so eventually he goes, Well, we're out of lifeboats. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to see just how much I, alcohol I can drink before I fucking drown to death. <laughs> Bye. And that's exactly what he did. He went back to his room and said, Fuck it, and started getting shit faced fucking drunk. Drinking whiskey, drinking whiskey, drinking whiskey, drinking whiskey. How 2020 is that, Bunny? Yes. How? Yes. Uh, me, this British baker in 1912, that's peak 2020. Yes, it is. Huge quarantine energy. This man is the patron saint of the coronavirus. <laughs> like, 
okay, so we're all gonna die? Great, I'm gonna see how drunk I can get. And apparently in the goddamn film Titanic, there is a deleted scene where you see everyone running, everyone running, everyone running, and it slowly pans to uh, the railing of the Titanic, and you just see a calm-ass man just going... Drinking <laughs> on the railing of the Titanic while everyone else freaks the fuck out. Apparently that's a deleted scene. So how drunk did he get? Well, eventually he got an idea. And it's either brilliant or stupid. But he's like, oh my god, oh my god, guys, guys, I, I've got an idea. Okay, let's see how many wooden chairs we can find. And just fucking throw him off the boat. It was his idea that, like, the more wooden chairs you could find and throw out into the ocean, the more people could survive by hanging on to the chairs. Okay. So, so the water starts rushing into the Titanic and everyone's freaking out. Meanwhile, here's a drunk baker going, I found another chair! Yay! <laughs> okay. Where's, where's the other... Oh, two more chairs! Fuck it! Ocean chairs! And he's throwing chairs off of the Titanic. He threw 50 chairs into the ocean. Well, once you throw your first kid over the railing, yeah. it really becomes an addiction. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Pretty much. He got... He, he would next being like, oh my god, you know what they need? They need glassware. Let's start throwing all the glassware. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Charles Jackin was the last person aboard the Titanic. How? Well, the story is fucking wonderful. He got shit-faced drunk. So drunk that he was seen by numerous survivors as the Titanic makes its way uh, vertically and is being lowered down into the ocean. He grabbed onto the railing of the Titanic, right at the end, right at the tip, at the tippy top of the Titanic, he grabbed onto the railing, stood on it, and rode the Titanic down into the ocean like an elevator. Oh, God, okay. That is badass. Like a mouse. Yeah. Everyone's, like, falling off of the ship and screaming, and you just see one drunken guy just going... Hey guys, <laughs> this is fun. Charles, are you drunk? Yes. How drunk are you? Yes. <laughs> now here's the amazing part. I'm going to drop a little bit of science on you right now, Bunny. The water was cold, obviously. Um, Charles Jack and it went into the ocean around 2 a.m. The water at that time was negative two degrees centigrade. Mm. So about 28 degrees Fahrenheit. That's really fucking cold. That is yeah. really fucking So cold that most people died within 15 to 30 minutes. The survivors in the lifeboats likened the noise to a stadium full of rowdy sports fans screaming and yelling. And then as the time passed, that stadium getting quieter and quieter, and then silence. Second lasted two goddamn hours. <laughs> he 
in negative two degrees centigrade, freezing cold, ocean water. He lasted for two whole hours. Why? Because he was fucking drunk. <laughs> he got so drunk that he accidentally saved his own life. The freezing point of alcohol is lower. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole ocean of dead bodies just dying there. And apparently the way that he rode the the Titanic like an elevator, not once did he get his hair wet. (laughs) Boss. (laughs) Boss. This is the most 2020. Than anyone in 1912 has ever been. He was saved after two hours in the freezing cold water. Only six people survived in the water. And Charles Jackin was one of those thanks to his drinking. And when they pulled him out of the freezing cold water after two hours and asked him if he was all right, all he said was, well, my feet kind of hurt. And that was it. That was it. He survived thanks to alcohol. And the crazy thing is, he went back to being a baker on cruise ships. Hey, it was still good money. That? I imagine that his mind, his his way of thinking was, well, I've already had the worst happen to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's not going to happen again. Hey, well, yeah, what are the odds that, like, a second Titanic is going to happen? I should be fine. And if it does happen again, I know what to do. Just get fucking drunk. Yeah. This is a wonderful story. And I, I, I know I usually say this at the end of every chap, but goddamn, more people need to know about Charles Jockin. Yes. Yes, they do, damn it. His own life. Thanks to alcohol. There is a scene in Titanic where you see like Jack and Rose and they're on the railing as it's going down. If you look really closely, you do see like a man in a baker outfit climb on there as well. And there he's right next to Jack and Rose. So he is in the movie Titanic for a couple of seconds. Yeah. Oh, so there's there's that. But that's an amazing story. I love this man. This man is my new hero. (laughs) This story is great. Anyway, that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. Next week, something. Something. What I don't know. But one thing that's been amazing is how many shaps have just fallen on my lap lately. So uh, we'll, we'll, another shap will come our way. Yes. I'm excited about that. So be sure and join us next week for Steve's Historic Approximations. Yes. We still have a movie to discuss, but before we get to that, uh, and also we need to continue our podcast long discussion of Ellen Page. Yes. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Pokemon film after this. Do 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 and break.
UFO box office is what we're talking about. Creation of the humanoids. Out of the atomic war came the perfect man, the humanoids, man's own creation. Physically and mentally perfect. Created to serve their masters. Men and women. But could man compete with this creation, the perfect man? You love that, that machine? I love Pax. He's dedicated to keeping me happy. And I am happy. The robots are machines. They must be made to look like machines. The perfect man, created by man, becomes man's worst enemy. The most provocative story ever filmed. The most unusual story ever filmed. You must see it to believe it. The creation of the humanoids. The perfect man. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Act three, buddy. Act three. Act three. Yes, buddy, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually stroll on in to our third and final act of the show. And FYI, the third act of the podcast is when we finally in eventually get around to discussing our non-GMO, gluten-free, zero grams of trans fats and... Oh my god, cholesterol! Movie of the week! And see, last week, we did a fairly recent film, 2006's For Your Consideration, the 10th film in our summer of Fred Willard, celebrating Fred Willard, who sadly died in May of this year. And I, I like to really mess with the timeline. So this week, we're going as far back as we can to 1967 and Fred Willard's first ever movie, the exploitation film known as Teenage Mother! Yes. The film that dares to explain what most parents can't. So before we discuss this week's film, let's head on over to our Fred Willometer to see just how much Fred Willard is in this film. And uh, sadly, Fred Willard does not appear five minutes into the film. No. Uh, He appears about 11 minutes in as the All-American High School football coach. Uh, Question, Bunny. Yes. Question this uh, movie brings up. Was Fred Willard ever old? I don't know if he was. Because he was in his early 30s in this film, and he still looks old. He might be just one of those eternally old people, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, when you first said it, I heard it the other way around. That's why I was having some problems there. But yes, yes, some people are just like Rip Torn from First Family. You just cannot help but perceive him old. Very Salvador Dali. Yeah. It's really odd to see a 1960s exploitation film and you see all these people and then you hear the trademark Fred Willard voice. Yes. 
it is really strange to see this movie from a long time ago and then suddenly you just hear that damn voice. Uh, but this was his first film. He's pretty wooden in it, but he was just trying. You know, this was his first film. So you got to cut him some slack. Fun fact that I learned after watching this movie in 1967, it was common for 42 year olds to be in high school. Yes. And no good neck kid who was working, selling drugs and pornography. I swear to God, he's older than Fred Willard. (laughs) He is a 42 year old man. Yes. In high school, he might be a part of, he might be working for Jump Street. (laughs) Bunny! Yes. What are your preliminary thoughts on this week's cinematic masterpiece? I would not watch it again, but I'm, I'm happy I have seen it. Because this is one of those movies that you should just see yeah you know in a in a kind of a if you're going to be a film person you need this kind of exploitation movie in your canon you know yeah yeah just like you need a good nazi exploitation film or but but I don't see any single reason to go back. Who the fuck was this movie made for? I don't know. I don't know. I, I could really just imagine a lot of really pissed off perverts. Yeah. After having walked out of this movie. Well, the movie itself, Teenage Mother, is only seven. Eight minutes long, and, and I it feels like one of those movies that was definitely created solely to be in a double feature, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's what it felt like. Like, this film was meant to be the second part of the drive in movie experience, the, yeah. the second film that most people didn't stay for or were too busy doing it to actually pay attention to. Yes. So we found this as a nice retro video package of previews and fun stuff, right, uh, uh, on YouTube. And I, the, fortuitously, I happened to find this right before the channel, which was called Deranged Visions, was deleted for posting a lot of nudity and gore and stuff. So this is this was a fun edit i liked the previews and the musical oh god yes the the whole the package was fun yeah because this is a this is a 78 minute long movie this is hardly this is barely even feature length but the way that they added so much sort of drive-in retro sort of stuff to it was a lot of fun and it sucks that I discovered the channel right before it died because I would have liked to have seen more of this, but it was fun. Uh, uh, I am currently trying, I just found, I just found on YouTube, hidden, uh, the movie The Green Slime. Oh, yeah. Which I think I, which I, think I saw a long time ago, but that I, I couldn't remember. I had, I had no idea that The Green Slime had such a catchy... Green slime, yes. like like, ooh, that's yes. fun. 
Which I, I'm pretty sure was Sammy Davis. Green slime. And like, that's that's wonderful. It, it feels like they got Bill Murray's lounge singer to do the theme to the green slime. <laughs> yes. Yes. So oh, I act- love that movie. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I found it on YouTube. I was really happy that I found that. And then there's a Wild Wild Planet, which is a really fucked up movie to watch. Wild Wild Planet? Yeah. And then there is a third that makes up kind of a trilogy that all centers around that space station somehow. Huh. Wild Wild Planet, 1966. Okay. Interesting. I think it's the Gamma Italian science fiction. You know, you know who directed it? Who? Antonio Margariti. Yeah, the, the the director that the guy pretends to be in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Which I was very happy to see him get a get a shout out in Once a Time, Once Upon a Time in America. Dot dot dot. Yeah. He was just mentioned on the radio real quick. Uh, and I also what I what I really hadn't noticed at first. Maybe I'm a little slow. But what I found really amusing the last time I watched Inglorious Bastards, it's the guy who says he can't speak any Italian at all. Yes. Who put on that. the most convincing performance. I love that so <laughs> much. So you're you're the you're the third best at speaking Italian, but I don't speak Italian. That's what I said. You're the third best. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the one who does it great. And meanwhile, all the other people are just horrible at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it so much. Yeah. So, so that's the, the roadhouse, the, the, the package from deranged visions theater, the actual movie. Uh, I'm really happy that, that the people who, who made this version that we saw, um, put the preview before the movie. Yes. Because if I had just seen the movie, I would have said, oh, well, that that's a pretty bad movie. And, uh, okay, so we're done with this episode of the podcast. But uh-huh. when you see the preview, before you watch this movie, oh, my fucking God. Yes. This, it, it, the, the movie poster and the movie previews make this movie seem to be a far-out exploitation film that's really dirty and scandalous. But in reality, this is one of those education exploitation films. Yes. Yes, it you was. You know, back in the day where they're like, hey, it's pre-code days. We can be as dirty as we want. And then it's okay. So we've got this new thing. It's called the Motion Picture Association of America. You can't be as dirty as you want. Uh, and they're like, so we can't show any nudity at all. And they're like, no, not at all, unless it's for educational purposes. Oh, then look at my new educational film called Sex Romp. Yes. Educational look into sex and romping. We made this film for the children. For the children. Yes. yes. To teach them so they can learn. 
an education exploitation film, and that's what this is. See the miracle of birth and shit. Yes. Yeah. And, and that preview right before the movie. First off, I love the fact that the, the, the guy who narrated the movie, who narrated the, the preview. Yeah. I love that man so much because he 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 doesn't bother to change his regional dialect for the preview. So the whole f- preview is just teenage murder. <laughs> yeah. Teenage murder. She went all the way there. Yeah. Teenage murder. And, and I love <laughs> teenage murder. I was hoping they'd do a sequel and call it teenage fodder. Yes. That can be at a camp. Camp and the kid Renata. doesn't want to be at said camp. Yeah. Yeah. But but then you actually see the movie and it's like, God, what a fucking bore this is. Yeah. What a fucking bore this is. Like this is like like you, you, you see the previews and you see the poster and you're expecting like this titillating thing, but it's it's just it's it's preachy. Yes. It's preachy, it's educational, and like, damn, this is a bait and switch. Well, to me, come watch this scandal. To me, it seemed like they had a big checklist of bad behaviors you could probably take part in, and they needed to get those checked off one way or the other. My favorite was hitchhiking. 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 Yeah. Jukeboxing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pornography. Grass. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, those are just for breakfast. When I'm done, I'll get you some of the cereal. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But then you see the movie, and it's like this preaching-ass film. Online, some people have compared this film to Juno. I saw on a website that said that there's Juno, and then there's Juno the Grindhouse edition. Okay. So, oh, she got, my Eleanor got a staple. Oh. They didn't, they, they didn't uh, stitch her, so I can't call her Lilo. She got a, she got one staple in her head, and she took it like a champ. There she is, right there. So we can put magnets on her head now. So that's exciting. Yes. Only one staple, and she took it like a champ. Wow. Okay. If you don't understand what we're talking about, you really have to listen to the whole podcast. Yes, you do. You got to watch all of it, not just the parts you want to see that are scandalous. Yeah. See, while you were while you were talking about your 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 feelings, which way am I doing? There you go. I was feeling the baby kick. Yes. That uh, Zoom stuff that I couldn't do before. Like, oh, let me. Ooh, <laughs> I feel baby kick. You feel that? <laughs> and then nobody was pregnant. The whole goddamn movie. Yeah. Nobody was pregnant. No. There is no teenage mother. No. There God is damn no it. teenage mother. Man, the it only was a lie was... from start to finish. Yeah, 
the only scandalous part of this film is there's only two scandalous parts of this film. Number one, the uninterrupted, uncensored childbirth scene. And number two, their bad use of race car stock footage. Yes. The only two yeah, why the fuck did we open on this drag film? racing? Bunny, bunny. Because of the kids, the young set, <laughs> as they're called in the previous. You know it's not a good sign? You know it's not what? a good sign in a movie? When you have 26 people listed in your cast, but only seven of them have names. Yes. That's never a good sign. You mean to tell me that this movie has seven characters? What is this, a bottle episode? <laughs> what did you get locked in, old man movie vault? And, and, if this and, and, movie, if this movie were to be made today, it would go straight up on YouTube, and the right wing would love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could understand that. If this is apropos of nothing. I've just been thinking about this lately. Um, I never got over the fact that George Lucas made one of his aliens say in the cantina scene, Babalu! Never got over that. Okay. Never got over that. They're like, oh, let's make up an alien language. And apparently, an alien exclamation is, Babalu! Never got over that. Yeah. Never got over that. That's just, that's just weak. Yes, it is. That's just weak. Buddy, why don't you hit us with the plot of this week's amazing film, Teenage Mother, means nine months of trouble. I am not sure I actually can. Okay. So there was this there was this couple, and she wants to get married, he doesn't want to get married, and then there's the the young tough punk who wants her to be his girl. Um, and then there's a sex education teacher subplot going on there. Um, she tells everybody she's pregnant. Her family flips out. She runs away from home. Uh, I was betting Tanzania. Um, but it turned out like she ran away up the block I think yeah. Uh, yeah. got in trouble with, with the with the young tough came back told everybody she wasn't pregnant yeah, and that's that's yeah and then and then there's there's this new young Swedish teacher who comes in and when when I first saw the the teacher, like, oh, I have come from Sweden, I'm like, oh, yeah, she, she, like she's gonna bring everyone, she's gonna bring some of her favorite students back to her place <laughs> of birth for the special ritual. Yes, that happens every ninety years, and it's like, don't go with her, Fred. <laughs> don't go with her. Stay away from the actress stupa, is what I'm saying. It, there's there's a theme park 
in England that I am in love with, and it's called Alton Towers. It's it's a huge, massive theme park in England, but then in America, hardly anyone's fucking heard about it. It was an actual castle of like a lord and lady from a long ass time ago, and then they got older and they died, and they gave the castle to the people of the area, and they said, "Well, if we if we the people own this area, let's open it up." There's so much land and a river and a lake and a stream. Let's make this a park and a picnic area for everyone. And people started coming to Alton Towers to, to, to visit it. And so eventually they said, hey, how can we get more people? Maybe a carousel. And then people came and rode the carousel. And then they said, oh, people like the carousel. Maybe a merry-go-round. And like a yes. hundred years later... There's like fucking roller coasters and it's a legitimate theme park and there's one roller coaster there. A wooden roller coaster called Wicker Man. Okay. It is based on the Wicker Man. The original, no fucking Nicolas Cage here. Yes. And I saw a video the other day of someone going through the Wicker Man ride and it's in the line is really super long and it goes through the woods and it's really beautiful. And they play like whispering noises of chants as you're walking through it. Yeah. And all of these runes that you see with shit carved in it. And I'm like, if I just close my eyes and believe this really could be a midsummer roller coaster. Yes. Like this close, this close to midsummer the ride. It could happen. Well, you can, you can almost see Midsommar as a sequel. Yeah, yeah. In a way, mm -hmm. in a way. Absolutely, in a way. It's in the same world. Yes. There, There's this post on Tumblr, and someone said, oh, man, Danny's going to have some explaining to do about all of her friends who are missing when she gets back to America. And someone else wrote, Bitch, what fucking movie were you seeing? She's not going <laughs> to America. Yeah. The fuck is your problem? Yeah. Ridiculous. Okay. <sighs> so here are some stats. Teenage Mother, 1967 somewhat exploitation film. It was co-written, produced, and directed by Jerry Gross. Okay. Big name. Big name that we have discussed before. Okay, so he this film did such a good job as a traveling roadshow that with the money he made, uh, Jerry Gross started a film distribution company. And throughout the 60s and 70s, he released a number of films, including one of the best double features of all time. Yes. Jerry Gross presents... I drink your blood and I eat your skin. He also released uh, I Spit on Your Grave, yes. a Jerry Gross production. Um, Fritz the Cat. Okay. That, oh, that one's a surprise. He made Mondo Kane. Okay. He started the entire Mondo universe. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean that makes sense, though. I mean, just even in this movie, it, it, it's a very creepy film style. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, 
it, it would be nice if there was a story going on in this movie, but 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 that that super eight look, <laughs> you know, yeah. Looks very much like like that guy would evolve evolve to the guy who does Mondo Kane. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Jerry Gross, he was a big name in uh, exploitation films. He also released a film that I don't know if you've heard of it, Bunny, but it's called Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. Yes, Jerry Gross, this man, really? yeah. Oh, pretty awesome. And then, and then, like, in the late 70s, early 80s, studios were becoming so huge that, like, he went out of business. He shut down his production studio. No one ever heard from him again. Yeah. It's bizarre. I was trying to look up biographies of Jerry Gross, and it's like, no one knows who he, who he was, where he came from. No one knows what happened to him after his last film, which was a film in 1980. I think it was called The Boogeyman. And after that, he just disappeared. No one knows who the fuck, where the fuck he went. Yeah. Everyone knows what happened to the woman who starred in this film because she was in Playboy. And motherfuckers are serious about Playboy. <laughs> There are some serious ass playboy people out there. Yes, there Maybe are. Every goddamn fucking centerfold and all of that shit. Fun fact. Here's another fun fact for him. Fun facts today. The music for this movie was all done by a guy named Steve Carmen. He would go on to be a celebrated commercial jingle writer from the 1970s and 80s. He wrote jingles for Bud Light, Michelob, uh, for uh, coffee. If you think of a single jingle from the 70s and 80s, there's a 40% chance that it was written by this guy. Here's his biggest jingle. I love Really? He wrote that jingle. Okay. So this is so so the guy who made the music for this film just went on to become celebrated jingle writer. And then Jerry Gross went on to be a celebrated movie producer. Fred Willard went on to become celebrated Fred Willard. So uh, this movie was a starting point. This is like dementia 13. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, and then finally, uh Fred Willard was in a movie a documentary called like heckler i think is what it was called i i don't remember the documentary name specifically but he talks in the movie about like it's a movie about like people bombing and failures and all that sort of a stuff thing and he tells a story in this documentary about how him and his wife went to they were in New York and they went to a theater that was showing teenage mother. It's like, Hey, this is my first film. Hey, let's go sit in the back and, and we'll, we'll watch the movie and, and this will be fun. And apparently the, the audience went nuts. Okay. When his character stopped a rape. Oh, 
and they were they were like they were like yeah 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 oh the fucking PE coach <laughs> man this movie was about to get exciting fuck you Fred Willard <laughs> oh I love that story you're like you're film and people hate you for stopping a rape. I also read somewhere that uh, what's his name Jerry Gross uh, just went to a hospital <laughs> nearby and said, "Hey, do you have footage of a pregnancy?" Yeah, right here. Okay, <laughs> for it. And the guy said, "Okay, so that's how we got the graphic, uninterrupted, uncensored pregnancy scene at the end." He just went to a hospital, paid him fifty bucks, and got pregnancy footage. Oh, I hope that doctor lost his license. He is 1967, dude. Like, 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 uh, okay, we're going to be doing surgery now. Yeah. Do you, do you want one? Do you, do you want a cigar for, for the surgery? Oops, got some ashes in your wound. That's fine. <laughs> Nurse, bring your sweet fucking ass over here. Get this man a cigar. So it was it, it was really like dude it's a baby they're kind of yeah. fragile Yeah like hey in, in, back in the day it was common for babies to be violently pulled out of a woman's vagina using dirty salad tongs Yes That's a common occurrence every yes. day everyday fact yeah, that's what I learned from watching this film. And high school is filled with 42-year-olds. Yes. I've learned so much. I have learned so much. Celine Dion was a victim. Yes, she was. So, so that's all I've got for this week's movie. It's more than I thought I would have for such a uh, short, horrible film. Yes. But we're going to many places in the summer of Fred Willard. Speaking of, uh, I like changing the timeline. And uh, uh, from what I can tell, this is one of, if not the, most beloved Fred Willard film. I have been trying to save it, not for last, but near the end of yeah. our summer I didn't want to shoot our load too soon. So next week, finally, it took forever to upload this onto our shared copy. Because apparently I got like the super ultra mega high depth version of it. But oh. what a, it's there. It is waiting next week for the podcast. Uh, it still can't be played because I just put it up very recently. Um, Next week, we're doing Best in Show. Best in Show. Okay. He was only on set. He filmed all of his stuff in just two days. <coughs> nice. Yeah. He just rolled on in, did it, done. So that is next week. Also, next week, we might be talking a bit about QAnon and hashtag Save Our Children. Okay. A really good chap. That has yet to fall on my lap. But before, but but now that I'm looking back at this week, oh my goodness, uh, uh, the Titanic, John Lovitz, uh, Walmart, the WWE, Doctor Pepper. I gotta say, this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. 
This has been a damn good episode. Okay, I, I agree, but you are the one who makes that decision. That decision, not me. I didn't want to step on your toes or anything like that. But uh, what I'm trying to say is, is that yes, I I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Natasha and Eleanor and Maxwell and Bella and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! And you do schwaffles and poopy tits. And popcorn. <laughs> I totally forgot the popcorn. Oh, man. I got a little bit of popcorn for the podcast. Oh, nice. I got some popcorn. There's a movie theater in in the nearby town, and they're not showing movies, but they are still selling snacks. So for $5, Natasha could have bought me a bucket. Or for $15, Natasha could have bought me the snacks for an entire elementary school. And she went with elementary school. I love the, it's even like retro. Look at that. A heap of popcorn. I love it so much. Anyway. Do 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 do